Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skills. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. We are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist, or not? Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and it is great to be with you here on a yet another snowy uh, Milwaukee day. 
Uh, we just got the snow total <laughs> report, and they told us that it's another 11.9 <laughs> inches. Uh, so here we are uh, dealing with that yet again. It seems that every time I have a show, we have we have uh, snow. But either way, uh, we are here, and uh, exciting to uh, you know be here with you uh, on this Mardi Gras episode. Uh, as well. Today is Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, whatever uh, you want to call it, Shrove Tuesday. It's it's just one of those days when we get to, uh, you know, pig out in, um, you know, in anticipation of tomorrow. But uh, Anne, how are you doing on this uh, Mardi Gras? Oh, I'm good. And I just finished eating uh, a cookie and a brownie. So yeah, I guess I did partake. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. You know, it's that. It's probably that last brownie for the next forty days, right? That's right. I am going to try <laughs> yeah, with God's go. help. With God's help, of course, right? of course. And I know we have a great guest with us to uh, for our Mardi Gras party as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, we have an amazing guest. He's a returning guest too. His name is David Tallarico. He is with Focus Ministries, and a lot of our viewers and listeners know what Focus is, but we're going to talk about that again and, and refresh everybody's memory about Focus. And not only that, he's a friend because he and my daughter, Elaine, who's probably listening right now, uh, were graduates from DeSales University in 2019. And so they were good friends, and, and it's just so wonderful to have him here. David, thank you for joining us on Sewing Hope. Thank you, Ann, and thank you, Bill. I'm really excited to be back. Yeah, yeah we're excited to have you back. So how have you been doing? Um, and I know the last time you came on, I believe it was in the summer. So it was like kind of during that time where we were all on uh, hiatus, I guess, right? Because it was in the middle of the pandemic when everybody was home. And I believe the churches weren't even really opened at that time mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of last summer. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It's been, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a year to be back on campus, but yeah, many fruits and many great stories to be able to share. So I'm excited to be able to pass that on to our listeners. Yeah, I'm excited too. Now, David, I wish, uh, or I would wonder if you could share with people who are listening and thinking, what is focus? Because even though a lot of people know what it is, I do think a lot of Catholics understand what that is, but um, please do tell us about focus and how you got involved. Yeah, sure. Uh, FOCUS is, uh, stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and it's a postulate that's made up of uh, recent college graduates mostly, uh, and we are assigned usually to work on college campuses, and we're able to be able to encounter the college students there, to be able to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ and his church, hopefully to build them up in the faith so that they can be able to live lives centered around Christ um, and his teachings and his church, and ultimately to be able to send them out so they can be able to go and live out their faith uh, both on the college campus and even after. So I've been working with Focus uh, for the past two years now. This is my second year, and I'm at Towson University in Baltimore, and it's been such a pleasure to be able to work with the organization. Yeah, I love Focus, uh, and I know other people who are involved in it and have interviewed even another gentleman by the name of James Hare. I don't know if you know James, but mm -hmm. he was also a guest on the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation podcast a while ago, a couple years ago. Uh, but Focus is just a wonderful organization that does so much outreach because, you know, it's all about evangelizing and it's all about teaching young people the value of the Catholic faith, the value of the sacraments of the church, the value of vocation, right? I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of that, just teaching people the value of 
understanding that we're on a mission, right? Every single one of us is on a mission. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to be able to just share the good news of the gospel with the college students that we encounter um, and to be able to show them that their faith is relevant, that it may, that it is um, the most important thing in their life, that it's ultimately that it needs to be the center of every decision that they make, uh, which is where you get into vocation um, and just the day to day of how they live, how they pursue virtue, uh, their relationships that they um yeah, their relationships with their friends and family and just how they orient their tasks throughout the day and get involved in the church. Yeah, it's all, it's wonderful. It's, it's amazing work. Cause I know when you graduated now, you're a pretty recent graduate of 2019 mm -hmm. from DeSales university in center Valley PA. It's a wonderful university. We have great friends there. Uh, you had a decision to make. Tell us about that for people who didn't get to listen to that first podcast that you did with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was graduating from DeSales University, right, so I'll go back a little bit my senior year. Um, so my senior year of college coming into it, I had been from my freshman year of college really set on going into medical school. I had taken all of the prerequisite classes. I had taken my MCATs. I had applied to medical schools. Uh, I had always been set that that was the way that God, that was where God was calling me to be able to serve him. Um, but throughout college, I, through the education that I got at the sales university, through the many relationships, especially through the campus ministry there, and ultimately through my exposure with Focus and some of their conferences and missionaries, I really came to be able to enter into my faith and enter into a deep personal relationship with Christ and desiring to enter into a life with him in the prayer, life in the sacraments, in fellowship, learning more about my faith. Uh, and ultimately, it was through that that I slowly started to view my life very differently, started to orient my life more towards Christ, and where I eventually became open to the idea of considering being a missionary after college. Uh, that was around the uh, summer before my senior year of college and most of my fall semester. Um, I just kind of had this inclination of, well, you know, as I'm going through life, I need to be able to have a backup, was what I thought. Uh, I needed to be able to have my plans of medical school, but this is just in case something doesn't work out, but just going more and more uh, through the interview process with Focus, learning more about it, leading Bible studies, walking with students in mentorship on campus. Um, my heart just continued to be transformed. And ultimately I just realized that, dang, this is not the plan that um, God wants me to have as a backup. Uh, med that medical school was something amazing that I had at the time, but it was not originally the plan that God wanted me to pursue first. And I ended up actually uh, accepting an offer from Focus to be a missionary. Uh, and by the grace of God, through a long process, my spring semester, I was able to get a deferral to Drexel uh, University College of Medicine, um, where I'll actually be able to be entering next year. So I was able to do my two years with Focus. Um, and it's been such a transformative experience. I know that it's going to define so much of how I desire to practice medicine and just live my life in general. And the impact that I've been able to see um, that the Holy Spirit has been able to use me as an instrument here at Towson. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change any of it for the world. It's definitely been a transformative experience. That's beautiful. That, you know, your, your journey, uh, you know, is really one of just awesome trust, trusting in the Lord and trusting that He, um, you know, and, and that His plan is the best plan for your life. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's what I love about your story and I love that you share that with us because I think there's a lot of people out there that, that have a difficult time just trusting God. I think we have a, you know, talk about a pandemic. We have a pandemic of trusting God in our society. 
Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, we do. And I, if I could interject for just a second, is that I have to say that when I hear about you and the fact that you will be a, a young man who will be entering into medical school and who decided to do something like focus, how blessed is our society that somebody like you is going to be a doctor? Exactly. How blessed are we <laughs> that a trustworthy you know, and I underline that word, trustworthy person who loves God and cares about human beings and who has a moral compass, right? Because some people, you know, let's face it, in the medical world, not everybody does. And so it's going to be a blessing for the whole world. Um, and I'm so glad I'm part of it. So thank you for that, the wonderful decisions that you have made. Um, so now you're going to be with Focus until the end of this school year. Is that what's going on? Correct. So my term with Focus will end after the end of the semester. So sometime around May or June um, is when I'll be transitioning out. Um, in a sense, I'm kind of a senior on campus along with many of the other students. Um, so I'm kind of making sure to really, yeah, allow myself to be able to give myself to this ministry because ultimately I'm not in med school yet. I have to make sure that I am a full-time missionary until the day that I walk off campus. Um, and I don't want to let up or do any like, yeah, miss this time that God has given me. So, um, it can be a temptation to get uh, my chaplain and I were talking about, it, you know, senioritis can happen even in any vocation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't want to be able to I don't want to waste this time. Um, I want to be able to use it to be able to set up the next missionary who's going to come in here and is going to fill my spot um, and really to prepare those students who are going to be moving on and continuing this legacy here at Towson. So uh, all for God's glory, I want to be able to just really able to continue to put my, forth my best effort. That's awesome. That's so good. It's so good to hear, uh, you know, that singular focus, uh, no pun intended, right, <laughs> uh, to to really do exactly what God is calling to you to do in this moment. And, um, you know, I that's another huge lesson, right, you know, just trying to choose each moment, you know. Uh, but I, but I'm wondering, you know, if you can also tell, talk with us a little bit back, because I know there's been so much going on. You, we were talking just a few minutes before the program started about, you know, that that it's a really busy time for for you and for Focus right now, and so I would I would love it for you just to kind of fill people in. I know um, there were a lot of uh, things happening with with Seek 2021, 20, uh, which was very cool that uh, just kind of wrapped up. So maybe share with us a little bit of. What's going on, um, you know, and of course, what's going on in your direct ministry at Townsend as well? Mm -hmm. It's definitely um, a busy semester, to say the least. Uh, definitely don't even really have time to kind of ease up in a sense, uh, just because we coming into this semester, uh, usually in the past, Focus has these big conferences. They're usually SEEK or SLS. Now they're always SEEK conferences. Um, and our SEEK conferences are really just opportunities for students to be able to gather uh, to be able to come together and encounter Christ, encounter their faith and experience uh, real friendship, to be able to really unite as a body of Christ in his church, hearing from dynamic speakers, um, inspiring small group discussions, and especially witnessing Christ in the sacraments. So we're just coming off of our big conference this year. It was Seek 21. Um, usually they're held over Christmas break, but this year with it being virtual, it was just last uh, two weeks ago, I guess, about two weekends ago. Uh, and we were able to gather here at Towson around 20, some, 20 students um, in person, as well as some attending virtually. 
Um, but really, the conference had such a huge impact, and it was such an amazing thing to be a part of because we had over 27,000 people registered for the conference, including 11,000 students. So it's just wow. it's just mind-boggling to be able to see the effects in the midst of this pandemic still. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, SEEK is wonderful. And uh, I, I was enlightened about SEEK through Elaine, your friend, my daughter, and this was years back. And then you were so wonderful to invite me to be a part of it this year. And I got a wonderful little box in the mail from Seek, which had all kinds of things to give out to friends, little journals and, and cups and pens and different things to, to be able to watch the Seek conference and really partake and so I just want to thank you and I want to thank Focus for that, for including me and people that I know. Now, I don't know if you know this, David, but Elaine is now a teacher. Did you know that? I thought I saw something on social media <laughs> that she had changed over. That's great. Yeah. Now, um, the neat thing is, is that she was able to share a lot of what you sent me, what, a lot of what Focus sent me with her students at Cardinal O'Hara High School in Philadelphia, because she's teaching theology. Oh, that's great. So yeah, yeah, it's an amazing thing. And, and being able to share it with high school students, mm -hmm. being able to share uh, the SEEK conference and the great things that Focus is doing with people in that age bracket. So uh, we do have to keep praying, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. I think there is still a, a pretty large group of younger people throughout the country and the world that are still being challenged with not being a part of their faith, with not really engaging in their faith. So what has that like been like for you? Because I know that it's a challenge, but it's also a good challenge to live your faith. You're giving yourself for two years, right? Two years of your time for God. And you're doing this for the sake of these other people that they would come to know Christ in a deeper way and the gospel. So tell us more about what that has been like for you, because I know you probably had ups and downs in that journey. Absolutely. It is one of the most rewarding and one of the most challenging experiences I think I've had. I think being a missionary has stretched me so much. Um, and only by the grace of God am I able to come out the other side and say that I've grown and I've learned and that there has been fruit um, from it all. I think coming into it, you know, college is really the time when college, when students, when young people are really discovering who they are and what's important to them. You know, it's where they discern their values, discern what's important to their life. They're picking out their career. They're looking for maybe spouses um, or if they're open to it, religious vocations, other type of callings. Um, they're trying to yeah, make good friendships, be able to find out, yeah, what really matters in life. And really, it's that time that we really target as focused missionaries because we want to be able to impact this generation that we know that this is a generation that is free from necessary like free from kind of the high school setting that you said high school it's great that they're participating in seek um but it's like this is the first time that people are on their own oftentimes um and i think especially in these days with covid it's a time that can be very isolating and feeling kind of alone um we had last fall semester, we actually had most of our students, only 20% of students were able to have in-person classes, and there was no students that were allowed to live on campus. We had around a couple hundred that lived in the area that we were able to access. Um, but really, I think in the absence of those relationships and absence of that, it really can just leave a void um, for these students, you know, a void that they're going to fill with whatever they kind of come in contact with, whatever they're familiar with. And if they don't have a faith, you know, it could be 
alcohol. It could be parties. It could be hooking up. Um, it could be any sort of thing. Uh, it could just be working, doing excessive classwork, doing video games. Um, that ultimately, yeah, these students are just kind of looking for something. Um, they're desiring something. And ultimately, that's what the idea of the Seek Conference is, is that we're encountering Christ. We want them to be able to, everyone's seeking for something. Um, and ultimately, everyone is seeking for God. They just, what is their God that they're kind of filling um, that void with? When really, the only thing that's going to fill it is Jesus Christ. Um, but so many people are filling it with other things. So it's really just such a gift to be able to work on the college campus because it's something that is just naturally in the people, in the students that I work with. It's not something that I have to kind of like evoke. Um, everyone's trying to find something. Everyone wants to find meaning in their life. They want to find goodness. They want to find truth. And most of them just don't know that that's a person, you know, that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, so it's such a gift to be able to walk with them. And obviously it has so many challenges because the culture teaches so much of like, you need to have a lot of money to be, you need to have success. You need to have prestige honor um you need to have just pleasure whatever it might be um so it's really just being able to walk with them that ultimately my goal is just to be able to walk alongside uh these students and yeah it has its ups and downs sometimes the students are really excited about their faith and other times there's so many different things that can get in the way so many different distractions and i just need to be able to be patient and trust in god's timing you know i'm just sowing the seed and however it lands i just need to be able to trust in the fruit that does bear from it I think that's incredible. And, uh, and I know you're doing a great job because I mean, I know you because I know you from my daughter, Elaine, and the experiences that you guys had at the sales university, which were wonderful, David, I thank you so much for your friendship with her because her experience, um, was that she was homeschooled mm -hmm. from pre kindergarten all the way to grade 12. Mm -hmm. And, I have to say for Elaine, Elaine had faith from the time she was about a year or two, too old. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so she was in that like rare bunch of people in college that literally like she, she had stuck with her faith through high school all the way through. And mm -hmm. so when she met you and when she met groups of friends at college like yourself, from the DeSales University uh, ministry department that I don't know whether that's still in existence anymore at this point. I know that they kind of, uh, uh, you know, close things down in some ways because of COVID and different things, mm -hmm. but because of their ministry, she was able to make wonderful friends like you and stay even closer to her faith throughout college. And of course I have that memory of the, uh, honors. I don't know what that was called, David, you're going to tell me, but whatever that meeting was where you and Elaine were selected with a group of about 10 other kids to be a part of the honors program at the sales, where you all had to give a talk uh, about your experience of faith and you wrote a wonderful paper. So I just, that was a way that I got to know you a little bit is when you uh, one, you know, everyone was kind of like, uh, they, they had sort of like not a winner, but I guess in some ways, right. They did have to judge the papers and, and David won first prize, uh, for his, uh, participation in that. And David, it was wonderful, really did a great job. Uh, and, and I thank you for sharing your faith with all of us on that evening that I was there to listen to your story. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I just wondered if you had a faith story to share. Was there a moment in your life that you felt like God came closer when you were a young, either a young adult or high school, whatever it was? I wondered if you wanted to share that with us. It'd yeah, be great something. to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's such beautiful to be able to hear about Elaine's story where she had that like solid faith. And I have so many other friends. One of my teammates here, she always has said that like she believes that faith is like her charism. Like she's never had any doubt in God and his love and his mercy uh, in their life. And I think so many, that's such a great gift. Um, but so many, that's not the case. And I think for myself, it wasn't that I ever had like this moment where I declared that God never existed and he doesn't care about me, you know, but I think... Um, we can go through life living um, like we might declare it's a, it's a concept I like to say that it's like we can declare that God is like that he loves us that he's always there he's always present um, but we don't always live out of that identity you know we can always claim it but it's not always something that we embrace you know it's something that's it's in our heads but it's not always in our hearts yeah. and I think a lot of my life that's how I kind of live um, I was living my life that, you know, I knew who God was. I had grown up in a Catholic family. I had grown up, um, yeah, going to cat going to uh, catechism classes like CCD. I received all my sacraments. I would go to mass with my family. And it was all great blessings. But I didn't have a personal relationship with God. And I didn't really exactly understand. Um, and just wrestling with God in so many different ways, wrestling in my identity, wrestling with my sins, um, just not exactly sure of who he was, not exactly sure of like, who is this God? Because I think so many of us, we view God as we hear about that he is love, but we don't understand how someone can love us in our brokenness. Um, I think that was something for me is that there were so many different parts of my story, so many areas of my life, the different sins I struggle with, different ideas that I had to be perfect, that I had to achieve something, earn God's love, um, things I was looking for just in my academics or in many different ways. Um, and ultimately going through college just coming to understand who God was and having to wrestle with that. This wasn't the image that I lived out of, um, that this was the God who like, he loved me, but I always put qualifiers on that. I always put, he loves me when I'm doing well. He loves me um, when I'm going to church, but he doesn't love me when I'm making mistakes. He doesn't love me when I'm living out of a, a broken identity. Um, and ultimately it was really for me at a focus conference, uh, SLS in 2018, where I really, remember just listening to all the talks, being convicted of Jesus's love and just, yeah, feeling a lot of shame, a lot of brokenness. Um, and just remember going to adoration that night or going to confession that night during in the middle of the conference and bringing to the priest everything that was weighing on my heart, everything that was, yeah, all this sin and this brokenness and just kind of laying it before the priest. And he was just kind of asking, but he's asking just genuinely, because I think there's some confessions where I've gone and laid it out and it's just forgiven but we actually had a discussion about it. And he was just like, what bothers you the most? And I was just like, I fear that if somebody knew about who I am, about what I struggle with, about my sins, um, that ultimately I wouldn't be able to be loved. And that's the same kind of thing that I put on God. Um, and I remember the priest looking at me and for penance, he just told me to go back out to a Eucharistic adoration to where Jesus is present in the Eucharist and just receive it. That ultimately it's not anything that I can do um, to earn it, but that it's something that it needs to be just received. Um, and it was something that I ended up just going back to adoration. And as is the story, and we got to see it so many times at Seek this year, actually, uh, which is always amazing, is that I just broke down. Like, it just it just opened my heart to the grace and the love that he sees me, that his gaze is always upon me. Um, and that he loves me even in the places that I don't yet love, in the places that I'm ashamed of, that I am broken. 
but that's where he wants to really meet me. And I think sometimes we think that we have to come to God already having everything figured out, but it was the realization that he wants to come to me in my brokenness because he cares about it and he wants to transform it. Um, that it's ultimately that experience of God loves me right where I am, but he loves me too much for me to stay there. He wants me to be even better than where I am now, but he doesn't stop him from loving me where I am. And that's just been what kind of drove me. And it's continuing to always be the driving factor. You know, every time I'm, every time that I fall into a rut in my life, I feel like since then, and it's, I make it sound like it's been long ago. It's like three years. Um, so it's still very new and it's still a very recurring uh, process. It's just every time I fall into a rut, it's just losing my identity, forgetting that I'm already loved and trying to earn it. And then every time that I can remind myself and just receive it again. He deepens my love for him. Um, we were talking about it as a team today is that like God's love is infinite. So it's just such a beautiful thing that I can continue to keep going deeper and deeper. It's not something that like I had an experience and now I'm done. I've hit the top. I can always go deeper. And he's so generous with being able to do that and has continued to do that on mission. And I know we'll continue throughout my life. Yeah, that's, you know, it's so awesome, David. And I, my, my favorite thing that you, you know, really highlight in there is that uh, it really is a great message for us on the eve of Ash Wednesday, you know, to, to really understand that God loves you no matter what, you know, and, and the, and the best thing is that he's calling you to greatness. Like, I just love that. Like, I just love how he, you know, you really articulated that. And it's a, it's a message that our listeners need to hear because, you know, here we are getting ready to enter into, you know, 40 days or, you know, a Lenten season that is, um, you know, going to be a, a time of that personal introspection, that time of looking at ourselves, growth in faith. And so uh, I think if we can remember that, you know, we are not too broken to be mm-hmm. loved by God, that, that is just a great way to approach, approach Lent as we continue to grow in our faith. Yeah, I agree with you, Bill, and David as well. And, um, you know, for me, as a person who's over the age of 50, it's just encouraging. I'm looking on the screen at David and Bill and thinking and looking also down at my phone and seeing that we have about eight people or so or more <laughs> listening live. And and it's just so encouraging to see younger people who really care about their faith. And um, And, you know, going back a little bit, as I said, when my daughter met you and people like you at college, uh, me being the homeschooling mother for 15 years, right, Mm -hmm. had a concern because my primary reason for homeschooling was the faith, right? I wanted to make sure that my daughter was who was going to school for theology, that she was going to be there with like-minded friends who cared something about their faith. And so I'm grateful to you and I'm grateful to the people that she met during that time. And that's what focus is, right? I mean, focus is really the same kind of the same kind of thing that it's bringing together people who are really living their faith, loving their faith, and also yeah. uh, demonstrating. Is that a good word? Demonstrating yeah. their faith. It's not just saying, okay, yeah, I go to church on Sundays. That's wonderful. But do you care in between the two Sundays that what you did in between or think about God, you know, in between the week there? So uh, it, it's just a wonderful thing for, for people like me who are more the parents, right? The people who are older and thinking, wow, it's great to see that they made good decisions uh, for their faith 
Because, you know, we got to carry on the faith, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to come a point where it's, it's going to be, really, it's going to be handed over to people, younger people, to bring it to those younger people, the kids, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. They need to keep living it out. And that reminds me, I mean, Bill's going to be a parent. So, Bill, now you know what I'm talking about, too, because the baby's oh, yeah. going to be born in just a few months. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, you know, there's a handing on of the faith. In fact, <laughs> quick aside, I won't give the date here publicly, but uh, <laughs> it was very cool. Um, you know, you know, both both my wife and I, um, you know, just thinking and praying and talking about it, you know, even before. I mean, of course, my my son is alive. Elvin is alive. Um, but it was, you know, already, you know, in, in this world. But um, one of the cool things that we did was we set the baptism date. Like we just went, I went over to the church, talked with the pastor and said, you know, we know when he's going to be born. We know uh, this is something that we want relatively early in, um, you know, his life and set the baptism date. Like, you know, wow, when, when you go into talking about the faith, like, okay, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it's funny, you know, you can make all the, you can make all the first time parent jokes, I'm sure. But the reality is, is that, you know, we're talking to the belly, reading stories to the belly. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Elvin is alive. Like my, you know, my son is alive and he is, you know, a, a real human being. And, you know, his location in this world doesn't make him any less of a person. Uh, you know, he happens to reside in a womb right now, but that's, you know, that's regard, you know, you know, regardless of where you are, it doesn't make you any less of a person. And so uh, mm -hmm. as he's developing, you can hear, he can see uh, now his eyes are now open um, and beginning to focus. Like, I mean, you know, we watch these little videos um, each and every week of the pregnancy. My wife and I, we said we watch these little videos each and every week and they, you know, they're like three minutes long and they tell us, you know, your baby is doing this now. Your baby is doing that now. And it's, and it's so cool um, to, you know, to, to learn about, man, the human, you know, God's design and, and the way he designs uh, us and knits us together in, 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 in a womb is just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I think when we, I think when we are talking about passing on the faith, you know, when you encounter that as a as a person, you're like, man, I I just want mm -hmm. to pass this on. I want to hand it on. And so, um, but at the same time, David, I think where you're talking about, you know, we we all have those you know watershed moments where we have to choose. You know, mm -hmm. um, we we have to choose Christ. You know, for ourselves. You know, our I mean, our parents can't do it. Uh, our parents can yeah. hand on. They can plant the seeds. You know, and, you know, that's another big word you've used a lot is, you know, planting those seeds and, you know, hoping they'll grow in the future. And that's a and that's a wonderful thing. But the reality is that each person is going to have watershed moments throughout their life that's going to say, I need to choose. I need to choose God or I or I choose not to choose him. Mm -hmm. And and um, in those moments, uh, you know, if we have the foundation, if we have the um the base mm -hmm. that is within us, then it makes it a lot easier to say, yeah, I, yeah, I already know the truth. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to follow this. And so, and so I just think, you know, the work that you're doing to, to help, uh, you know, young people in a, in a time when there's a lot of questions in their lives, you know, you mentioned them, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions in their lives to, to just understand and know, okay, you know what? No matter how broken I am in these moments, I'm loved and I'm being called to something greater 
I'm being called to something great. I'm being called to a greater perfection. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as Christ says, right? He, he says, you know, uh, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and that's and that's the bar. <laughs> that's the bar, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it, a high bar. it's a high bar. Well, no, you know, I I I sure you know don't think I'll ever get there this side of heaven, but you know, mm-hmm. but 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 the idea is that we're you know striving for that, and so and and so you continually continually calling people to that and awakening their hearts and minds to that is so important. And so, that you know, thank you for all the work you're doing. It's just it's just great to great to hear. Yeah, thank you so much, and congratulations, Bill. I didn't know you were expecting that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, early yeah. May, oh. early May. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so exciting! Yeah, God's original plan was that spirit was that spiritual fatherhood and biological fatherhood were all supposed to be the same. You know, if everything exactly. would have went perfect, we wouldn't need anything <laughs> besides families to evangelize. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's it right. Is true. Yeah. yeah, I told Bill the other well recently that uh, I'm pretty excited for him too, and for Agnes and. I don't know any other babies coming this year right now. And so it's, it's very exciting for me. <laughs> Bill knows that I can't wait for, for Agnes and Bill to have the baby to, for Elvin to come into this world. So, mm-hmm. um, but going back to you as uh, you know, Bill, you said so well that uh, David is really, he's living out God's will. I mean, and, and, and me personally, the fact that I know David and he's a friend of my daughter's and you helped to make my daughter's college experience good too. When you know that your child is going off to a school where they have friends that are celebrating their faith mm-hmm. and their faith means something to them. So you decided to take what you experienced in college and to take that forward. Not to say that, you know, life isn't perfect. I'm sure that there weren't always perfect moments throughout college. Right. But, but the point is, is that there were, you kept your faith enough that you wanted to go into focus and do what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if you could share with us, what is it like for you when you get to really evangelize people? Because even though we've been through COVID this past year, I'm sure that there's some lives that you personally are touching and helping to draw them into their faith through the Holy Spirit and through the grace of God. Absolutely. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, I was talking to Bill a little bit before this is that the Jesus is not limited by the bounds of like what COVID has put in. He's not, he's not bound by the restrictions of masks and the fact that we're six feet apart or we can only gather in, in, in Baltimore County, we can only gather in groups of 10, unless it's a church service, a mass or a prayer service. Um, but Jesus is not restricted to that. And I think I love always telling stories because I think they really just speak volumes um, to how God works. And I know there's been one student who's uh, he's going to be in my upcoming newsletter. He sent me a story. So I just would love to share. His name's uh, Jeremy. Um, and I think he's just a beautiful power, a powerful witness to like how God is working, even in these challenging times. Um, so Jeremy this year is a sophomore on campus. Um, but we met him last year tabling on campus. We were just out trying to be able to meet people during fall outreach. Um, he kind of was just walking by. I just caught his attention. We just started talking a little bit and we invited him to be able to just come join us at one of our Newman nights. It's basically a hangout um, that we do at our Newman Center. And he came and it kind of it brings in so many different ideas of what we were talking about, kind of how Bill was saying about like identifying that like his child, even in the womb, is still a person. And I think Jeremy, when he was writing about his experience, he said that when he came to our Newman Center, he just felt welcomed and he felt that he was being treated like a person. He was being which almost seems like something that should be obvious. That should be how it is. But I think sometimes 
especially with COVID right now, some people just feel like they're just being treated as like a, like a threat almost in a sense, maybe that it's like, this person's getting a little too close to me. They might be dangerous. And obviously I want to, I want to take proper precautions and all those things, but it almost makes people feel like, like they're just isolated and distant. They don't feel like a person anymore, but Jeremy was really able to get that in our experience. Um, but he was agnostic at the time. Um, he had grown up in a Baptist household, but his family wasn't super practicing and he had rejected Christianity, just kind of a silly, non-intellectual. Um, but he kept coming back to the Newman Center. He really felt like he was able to maintain those friendships there. And he was starting to come to my Bible study regularly. Uh, and he just, he was such a, he's a very intellectual guy. He loves to be able to learn about the faith. Um, and I still remember one day he just told me like, he was, he'd been watching Bishop Barron videos, reading St. John Henry Newman and St. Thomas Aquinas. And he just, I remember picking him up and we were going out to eat or something. He's just like, Dave, you know, I realized today, he just casually looks over at me and he just goes, I realized today that Jesus is God and that I want him to be at the center of my life. And he like just says it casually and then just goes back. And I'm just like, wait a minute, slow down. What did you just say? And like, he continued to have more discussions about what that means. He started opening it up to prayer and reading the Bible um, and in perseverance and just having debates with different people. Um, and it took, it was a long year and stuff. And then amidst the COVID, he was still actively involved. Um, but ultimately it comes down to like, you, like, I think Anne was saying, like making a decision. I fear one of you were saying like making a decision that we come to those moments where we have to make decisions. Um, and ultimately it was this past December where Jer or past November, Jeremy decided like, you know, I've been involved in this enough. I understand intellectually Jesus' presence in the Eucharist. I understand like the importance of the sacraments and the teachings of the church. And he just made the decision to be confirmed into the church. So after he was baptized, he had received his baptism, his confirmation all in the same day um, in the midst of COVID. So December 6th this past year, which he was confirmed in the church. It was an honor to be one of his sponsors. He had two sponsors um, and he's one of three students that I've, that have been baptized, that have been confirmed since my two years in focus. And now he's just been, he's been growing so much because he had, he is such an intellectual person and he's just been growing. He always says in humility has been one of the biggest things, just realizing how much other people can teach him, how much he has to know, how much he has to grow in his relationship with Christ. And I think it comes back to, like you were saying, and just the foundation for friendship. So he's moved into an apartment with three other guys from our Newman Center. One of them is going to be graduating. Another one's going to be becoming a focused missionary next year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really just that community of guys. They just build off each other. It's just, you know, it's uh, we call it in focus. We use the hot coals analogy. You know, if you have a charcoal fire and you have light a bunch of coals, but they're pretty spaced out, they'll burn maybe a little bit. But as soon as you put them up together in a pile, they really start to burn. They really start to give off flames and give off heat. And then you can even ignite other coals that just come close. Um, it's really just, yeah, practicing their faith. And it's been so cool to be able to walk with Jeremy and he wants to take on leadership next year in our Newman Center. He's, he's going on our, we're going on a mission trip and he's coming with us for that in a month, um, doing mission trip work in uh, Nebraska, which I can talk about more later, but, uh, and he's just practicing his faith. He's pumped about Lent. They got a big group of guys doing like the same Lenten practices and meeting together and going to mass together. So it's just, yeah, he, his biggest thing was just if he was if you're just curious and you're brave, he said that this is what he told me to tell. He said, when you're if you're just brave and you're curious enough, take the steps to go out in the faith. And I think it's so cool because yeah, it's someone that didn't have that upbringing, but God is still able to work. And it's so cool to be able to see even in the midst of COVID that he's growing so much. And we've found that experience for so many students that, you know, we might not be able to reach as many souls, but we're really able to enter deeply into the souls that we're reaching. And then next year, supposedly Towson is going to be fully in person. And I can't wait to be able to hear 
about the work that some of these students we've been investigating and how they grow. So yeah, it's just, I love the change, the stories of a changed life. I think it just speaks wonders to God's power. I have a feeling that you will be keeping some of these relationships after focus is over because these are valuable years for you and God is using you in great ways. Thank you so much for sharing about uh, his journey and I wish him all the best. And I think that he's going to have a wonderful remainder of his college years. Mm -hmm. And we would love to now hear about Nebraska. You mentioned that. So let's hear. Absolutely. I was talking a little bit with Bill, but we didn't talk too much about it is that um, this year with focus, we're not able to do international mission trips like we used to um, at least not in the fall, in the spring semester. So we're actually going to be leaving in the, one of the early weeks of March, we're going to be going to Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and we're really excited. It's a Towson only trip. So two of my teammates and I, as well as our chaplain and six students are going to be going to Omaha, Nebraska, and we're going to be able to serve there with the, um, the Winnebago and the Omaha Native Americans. So St. Catherine Drexel, this is where she went and did some mission work and she founded a school there. So we're going to be serving at the school with those Native American children and some of the elderly as well. And it's just going to be for the week. These students are giving up their spring break to go out and be able to serve. They fundraise to be able to go. So it's just such a sacrifice for them, but it's such a beautiful testament to their faith and how they want to grow. And we're going to be participating in daily mass, daily holy hour, um, praying together, going through formation and just really entering into each other's lives. So I know mission trips and yeah, Focus has a big missions department. Um, it's like, it's just one of our biggest departments here at Focus. It's a third of the size of the Peace Corps, actually. It's one of the, it's the largest Catholic missions organization in the world. Um, so it's just so powerful to be able to be a part of that. And I think in such a time as COVID, there's even more of a need because there's so much, so fewer people out to go serve and there's yeah. so fewer people um, yeah, willing to take that risk. And there's so much more of a need in the midst of all the challenges economically that COVID causes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's great work. Uh, doing the mission work is, is, is so important. And, you know, honestly, we, you know, we talk a lot about international missions too, but, you know, there's such a mission field right here. You know, I mean, you know, we, I, I can drive, you know, 10 minutes and there's a mission field, not even, I can drive probably five feet and there's a mission field. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing, doing that great work too. And that's, and that's awesome. Uh, you know, being able to get out to Nebraska and, and do some great mission work. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for you. Now, when is that going to be again? It's going to be over their spring breaks. So I think it's the second full week of March. So yeah, prayers for that would be amazing. Of course. Um, we're really excited for that. So. Yeah. Now, awesome. people are listening who are learning about Focus, and I know that there's always fundraising going on. I would love it if you could tell people how they can help out, help you out, help Focus out. Uh, how can they give and how can they pray for you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our, our focus mission, we have around um, about 800, 800 missionaries, a little over 800 missionaries serving throughout the world. But we have thousands of supporters that are supporting us behind each missionary. So each missionary is supported. They fundraise their full salary um, to be able to serve in the location that they're designated to pay for things such as housing, but also things like ministry expenses, conferences, giving scholarships to students. Um, so these students fundraise a monthly salary. Um, I'm on my way out in some way in Focus, so I don't want to particularly take up new sponsors, but Focus is always looking for donations. So if you just go to focus.org and search missionaries, you can find ones that may be an alma mater. You can find ones support a university as a whole. So if you wanted to support like the missionary team at Towson University, you can support a team as a whole. 
Um, or just want to support Focus Internet, or not Focus Internationally, Focus Nationally, um, as well as Focus um, any of their programs, their conferences, the missions department. So there's plenty of areas and so much need. And also, we don't want it to just be like financially, but we believe that where your um, treasure lies, so too your heart lies, it says in scripture that if people are investing their treasure with focus, and I'm totally, I'm completely behind the work that we do. Um, and I think that it really does merit so much um, to be able to do so. And especially even if you can't donate, I know it's hard times economically for many people. Um, it's just a great opportunity to be able to pray for focus missionaries. Look up, maybe then pray for my team here at Towson. Um, pray for myself in my ministry as I finish off, pray for focus nationally or find maybe a missionaries near you um, that you want to be able to support because um, there's plenty of us around the country and even some internationally now. Um, so yeah, continue to look into focus and continue to awesome. support, like uh, go to conf conferences or open to people just as Anne said she was able to attend. So there's plenty of opportunities to get involved in the mission of focus wherever you're at. Awesome. Awesome stuff, David. Thank you. Really, thank you so much for being with us tonight and 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 sharing, you know, your story and uh, and and knowing that you're going to be carrying all of this experience, as Anne said at the beginning of the program, into you know your future vocation, um, you know, as as a doctor, you know, and to go into medical school and 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 pursue that. Man, we are so blessed to have <laughs> to have mm, you as a so doctor. As she said that's just great. Yeah, you're you're truly a good person, and and I mean that, David. Really, you you're a good you so a much. good man, a good man. So tell us then what your journey will be next year. We want to keep praying for you. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to be at Drexel, you said. Yes. And then, well, what are your plans? Like, uh, how long will you be there, and what type of specialty will you be going into? Mm -hmm. So my when I originally was accepted to Focus, I originally also got a deferral to Drexel Med School. So after my college, after my time with Focus, um, they'll be actually Focus has a training program at the end for like a week. You go and they train you on kind of how to transition from being a Focus missionary to living outside of it. So I'm excited to be able to take that because obviously my lifestyle I live now is going to be very different than the lifestyle I live as a, a med student in many ways. Um, in many ways, it won't change, um, but in many ways it will. So I'm excited to be able to probably matriculate into school in July or August. Um, Drexel has a campus in Philadelphia, but they're also opening a new campus in Reading, which is my hometown. Um, so it might be a great opportunity for me to be able to be able to go there. I've done a lot of shadowing there. Um, it's a four-year program for medical school. Uh, I don't exactly know what field of medicine. I've really loved shadowing many surgeons in the past. Um, it's obviously a very long road and a very challenging road. So I'll have to see if that's where the Lord calls me. Um, but it'll be a great time to be able to discern and continue to serve. Um, one of the things that I've been really reflecting on is that, you know, even though I'm leaving as a focused missionary, I will always be a missionary disciple for Christ. It's wherever I'm called to serve him, whether that be in the medical field, whether it be in med school, whether it be working with the Catholic Medical Association, leading Bible studies with other med students, or just standing up for the dignity of patients, recognizing them as who they are, going to serve on mission trips or serve at like free clinics, um, that ultimately my mission field is just changing. It's not going anywhere. I'm still called to be able to serve Christ and his people. And, you know, it might look different. It's not going to be on a college campus in the same way, but it's just going to be whatever he calls me to. And I'm excited to be able to see the journey because I, I know the next step, in the journey, but I never know where he's going to take me in life. So mm, that is so awesome. David, just thank you so much for being here. And, uh, 
And yeah, you'll de definitely stay in touch with us because uh, we would love to journey mm -hmm. along with you as you as you continue your work in in a in, in a different mission field than you're working right now. That's just awesome. Well, the word that comes to my mind is, and and I know that not to uh, make you blush or anything, but a saint in the making. <laughs> that's what that's what's coming into my head because I think you're uh, really a, a, a disciple of Christ who loves God, wants to do His will, and that's what it's all about. So, I, I would say you'd be a great guest to come back because we want to hear more about your journey. Oh, thank you so, so much. Always you might be busy, though. You might be busy. So, <laughs> yeah, you might be busy. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Now, I want to wish you a wonderful Ash Wednesday tomorrow and a wonderful Lent. And with that being said, I think Bill has something that he wants to share with us about that about yeah. Lent. Yeah. So, um, exciting, uh, folks, that I, you know, I can't, first of all, I can't believe that tomorrow was Lent. Um, you know, it, here we are uh, getting ready for um, a second uh, Lent in this pandemic. But um, with that being said, I, I want to just give people an opportunity uh, to, to let them know that we do have some resources for them uh, available during this Lenten season. We have a page up on our online store called Resources for Lent. Uh, and if you go to uh, very simply patchworkheart.ecwid.com, uh, you will uh, you you'll find that page and everything on that page uh, for the duration of Lent starting tonight um, is uh, fifteen percent off if you enter the code Lent twenty one. Uh, so if you enter enter the code Lent twenty one on the resources for Lent page when you check out, uh, it is uh, you know fifteen percent off uh, on all, any of the resources there. Did you give you an idea of what we have there? Uh, there are some. Uh, booklets of the contemplative stations of the cross we also have uh, an audio version of that we have a physical cd but we also have the digital download that you can uh, just download it um, also uh, my, my spiritual director uh, also authored a uh, a free resource there uh, called the uh, overview of the theology history and spirituality of the stations of the cross and that's uh, completely free but uh, a nice pdf download of that and then uh, lastly, uh, Penny Warner and myself uh, put together, we combined her love chaplet with uh, the Contemplative Stations of the Cross, and we did an audio version of that uh, that's available on that page as well. And again, uh, prices are very reasonable, but you know we always like to be able to give people a little bit off uh, as well. So go over to our uh, website, and um, or over to our online store, which again is patchworkheart.equid.com. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes on the podcast version of this. Uh, but uh, go over and do that, and you'll get um, just a little bit off um, if you use Lent 21 as the uh, code. I can't say enough good about the contemplative stations of the cross for people who are listening. Uh, I bought a bunch of them last year. I have the digital download, and Bill really did a great job. So uh, I just want to re really recommend that that it's it's a wonderful resource and you know it's it's not expensive and All even right. with it is and now you're going to get a discount too okay. so um so bill thank you so much can i also just give a shout out to a couple people that yes. david knows yes um david now this is going to be news to you because i don't think you know about this but uh four of your friends came together to author a book really? those people are bill Myself, Maggie Riggins, and Jen Southerton are the authors of a book called Hearts Burning Within, 
This is a book that's for college age. We came together last summer with kids in, in their college age years, uh, friends of Maggie Riggins and Jen Southerton. And we asked the questions to them, what are your burning questions of faith? And we spent the entire summer last year once a week interviewing these kids. And now we have a book that's going to be published. So, Bill, tell us about that before we end. Yeah, uh, real quickly, uh, folks, pray for it. Uh, it is uh, currently at uh, the editor uh, and getting edited by uh, a wonderful publishing uh, company down in Louisiana uh, called Karis Books or Karis Publishing. Uh, and so give a shout out to uh, them down there, Matt Bourgeois, who's doing a phenomenal job with the book. And really looking forward to uh, publishing that and getting it out. We're 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 targeting uh, hopefully graduation season, so uh, late May, early June, so that uh, it can be given away as gifts uh, for those who are entering college or even you know in the midst of their college experience or maybe at the tail end of it. Um, you know, it's certainly a um, a good resource for people uh, to, to just grow in their faith, for young people to grow in their faith uh, and just get some really down-to-earth answers about, about what the Catholic ch uh, Church teaches on some great topics. But um, So yeah, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, keep it in prayer, more importantly, and, uh, and know that uh, hopefully by the summertime, uh, at the beginning of the summer, we'll have that out for you all. Yeah, I'm excited about that. But David, thank you so much for being here. This has been uh, a blast and certainly have to have you back. Oh, please, David, thank you. We wish you the best. Please stay in touch with us and um, we will be praying for you. And I just ask for all of our audience to please pray for David Tallarico and for all of the focused missionaries. And please pray for David as he's finishing out and for all the wonderful work that he's doing. God bless you, David. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to always be here. So hopefully to be back soon. Yes, and well, folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, keep beating to that Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos, too.